Well, hello there, everybody. You may be wondering, is this the handheld? And yes, it is the handheld. And it is a full episode. The only thing we're not going to have is Patreon shout-outs. And that's because we're doing this well in advance. When I say well in advance, we're actually recording it on the Monday that we've just released a Patreon episode because we were due to be at our hospital getting the results of my dad's cancer scan. Isn't that right, Peppa? That's right. But because the... Well, not the NHS, the NHS are great because of whichever particular department... Because of reasons. Because of reasons, which has caused nothing but fucking anger, just as we're all about to leave, to head there, my dad got a phone call um, from the consultant to say, oh, we've got your scan, but we haven't got the report, so we're going to push it back a week, which is just fucking not acceptable when you're talking about somebody's life, for one. Um, as you can tell, there's still a little bit of anger. <laughs> yeah, we're all we are all quite raging because you know everyone's kind of cleared things, got time off work, got childcare. There's you know a lot of a lot of things of and, and not to mention the emotional toil of kind of you know everyone's built themselves up well, yeah, to yeah, find yeah. the things out I mean, today. I mean, dad as well. Yeah, obviously. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Um, yeah, you know everyone's kind of thought like, right, okay, today is the day we get some news, and and it's you know it's. It's intense, but, you know, building up to that day and, and yeah. it's quite well, tough. Last, so... night, last night I went to bed, it's like half seven, didn't I? Because I was like, yeah. I can't just, my mind's playing over time. Yeah. I need to shut it down and wake up tomorrow on the day of this, of of, of information. Yeah. Um. So for that to suddenly be like, oh yeah, no, it's not happening today. And it, this was like, what, just over an, an hour, hour before, before the appointments we, yeah, were supposed to actually start. Um. It. It seems far too late, and it's very frustrating. So anyway, so the the plan. Well, obviously, you. Yeah, we're not put, just doing a podcast. Yeah, no. So Kevin's put. This. So Kevin's put a Patreon episode out today because the plan was obviously we were otherwise engaged. So yeah, what we've today said today being last week. Yes. So. <laughs> so, <laughs> next week, so so today we are otherwise engaged as planned. As, as because, planned because, because today, the, as you hear this, we should hopefully be getting the hear, news we yes. should have got last week. As you hear this, that the meeting has been rescheduled for today. So therefore, I said to Kev last week when we got back after the thing was cancelled, which is really weird for me to say because I'm saying today. that this week. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, why don't we do the podcast now? So, because obviously, so, you know, you don't have you to. Can't just, uh, I, as a podcaster, I just can't put on put out Patreon after Patreon after Patreon. Yeah, absolutely. So he you says. Know, what, otherwise, what's the point of being a Patreon? Yeah, exactly. You know, and also fresh content for people who, you know, may not be able to afford Patreon and just want to listen to enjoy the show. Yeah, so yeah. that's why this is a pre-record. So the day we so, found yeah. out it's been rescheduled, we've said, all right, well, we'll do a podcast this week for next week when yeah. we know we can't do. One. Rather than put another Patreon out next Monday because yeah. it's now next Monday. Why they can only do it on a Monday, I'll never fucking know. Um, and I was there when my dad took the call. And because my dad's as polite as he is, he was just like, okay. And you know, when you're thinking, I'd be like, hold on, people have took time off work here. Can't you ring? In today's society, that you know, the department that, that the, it sends out the department that writes what he's missing, this guy, is above him. Like, yeah, ring yeah, it's them. yeah, it's not like you need to wait for these things to come through via the post. Like, ring him and just have him email it to you. Or even, or even, you know, shop horror. Walk over there yeah, yeah. and get it. The appointment was made. Like, this appointment today was made over a month ago and the scan was 10 days ago. Do you know, what yeah. What? What more do you need time-wise? And you're talking about a person's life. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. That That is the thing. It's just a number. Just so, a number. As you know, don't pick it up. 
we're still feeling a little tense about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we do need to calm down a little bit to actually give you a half-decent episode. Yes, we so do indeed. that so. is what we're going to do, and we are going to get back to the paranormal. I'd say starting now. Yeah, boom. Yeah, that was the, the worst noise. We are also in the middle of a storm, so if you do hear any, um, any sudden gusts or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I had a sudden gust last night. So as you've mentioned, you went to bed... At like early, very early, um, and I stayed up just kind of to like my normal time. When I was in the bathroom getting ready, the the wind was like raging and howling, and mm. you know, um, and I swear I heard a draft hit your guitar because it went like ding. You heard which a is draft in the office. Hit my guitar. Yeah, because I heard like the strings go. You know, like I don't, like when you walk past and knock it or something, or like just the strings. Go. So let's just let's just clarify. My guitar played itself. It didn't play itself. No, it was just like as if it had, as if the strings had been touched. So something touched my guitar strings, and you think it was the storm outside the house? Well, yeah, I think it was the draft because it was like look that it was raging outside. Like there was loads of weird noises because of the because of the raging storm outside. So pluck a guitar string though. <laughs> well, it could have been anything. It sounded like a guitar, but I wasn't in the same room, so it might not have been. Well, now let's put the fear of God into me a bit. Because that's a room that I mainly inhabit. Oh, so it's all right when it's... In no, the but we put it, there is a lot of spooky stuff in that room. You know, there's, there's the book on black magic that I'm too scared to open. Mm-hmm. Um, there's quite a few crystals in there. There's what there's that piece of really rare crystal that um, I found again, mm. which is like a green crystal. It's like, it's not kryptonite. Obviously, because that doesn't exist. But it's from... I can't remember the name of it. Uh, but it's a very thin slice. And it's from... It's formed by a volcano and something else. Anyway. Mm. But allegedly, it gives off mystical powers and stuff. It doesn't. Unless it was that that was playing the guitar. What happens to your scrying mirror? Your onyx? Or your um, black? My black... Not onyx. What is it? What was it? Black... Um, it's not... It's black tourmaline, actually, I think. Uh-huh. What is it? No, it's obsidian. Obsidian, that was it. Yeah, what happened to your obsidian um, scrying It's in one of those drawers there. I haven't used it yet. No, like, because, you know, if I do and I see something, what am I going to do? You're <laughs> one, you're not going to believe me. Two, I'll never sleep again. <laughs> that's why there's three crystal balls in that same room, a pendulum, tarot cards. Anyway, and it's only literally the room's like eight by eight feet. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And there's also eight guitars. I know, that's what I mean. Like, eight by eight feet, it's too small for all this nonsense. That <laughs> <laughs> nonsense. Anyway. Have you told what you bought the other day? What did I buy the other day? That's shit. Those are absolute nonsense. The, the 12-string guitar. No, the the things where I was like, why do you need two packs of this? Oh, magnets. So, guys, we live, as I've mentioned before, we live in a very small house, right? And we just don't have the space for loads and loads of nonsense, right? Kev nonsense. does not understand this. He can't comprehend it. At one point, I swear you suggested we get a piano. Like, I didn't, <laughs> like... because I wouldn't do that, because I think unless you live in a stately manner, you shouldn't have a piano, because it's very rude to your neighbours. Like, I would love to have a piano in our home, but, like, literally... Words. So, I, um, and there was a drum kit. The next thing, you were going to get a drum kit. And I was like, right, okay. But actually, like, literally, where will it go? Yeah. It was an like, electronic drum kit, yeah, even so. Uh, even so. Um, and every time you come home with a new guitar, I'm like, okay, I don't 
it's not about you having the guitar. It's about where is it going to go? Because <laughs> like, yeah. we don't have the space. And like at the minute, you can't even open our bedroom door properly because there's a keyboard upright next to it, which is really annoying when I'm trying to throw things for the kitten because my aim isn't good enough to throw it through the small yeah. crack that it should be, like rather than the full doorway. Anyway, we've got musical instruments everywhere. Yeah, the keyboard literally is it's the height of a man as well, isn't it? It's not a small one. Yeah, it's re- really annoying. Um, so, so yeah, so yeah. anyway, I went and bought two packs of really strong magnets and and each pack came with a hundred ball bearings so you can build a shape. hundred ball bearings, guys. Yes, yeah, but of varying size annoyingly, which means that we keep finding them <laughs> around the house. Yeah, so, you know, slipping on one of these tiny little... You're not going to slip them on, you're not a cartoon. Anyone can slip, that's why, cartoons are taken from real life, that's why that's a thing. If you stood on that, on this wooden floor, you would, <laughs> you would absolutely go flying, your back would go immediately. I'd hurt myself, because as well when you fell down, you're falling on a wooden floor. Yeah, but also, I'm not being funny on they're so small, you just go, ow, you wouldn't go, whoop. You wouldn't, you would slip on them, if you were in shoes, you'd slip on them. If you were in shoes, you'd slip on them. And I wear slippers in the house all the well. time. So, honestly, if I go slipping on that, I will really hurt myself. True. And I did find one on the floor the other day, and I was really angry at you. Uh, well, funny enough, I went to pay for something the other day. I met to make for coffee, and I went to pay for something the other day and put my hand in my back pocket because I thought, I'll pay him with cash for the first time in a long time because he had some change. And I pulled out in my right hand, like, some cash and about four ball bearings. And he went, why have you got ball bearings? And I had to tell him the story. I said, like... Honestly, I decided that one pack of... Magnets and ball bearings wasn't it? Yeah, as if it as if it wasn't bad enough. We're in the shot, and he's like, "Oh, I'm going to get this." And I'm like, "Why? What are you going to do with this?" Like, no, no, it'd be great. Like, you know, this will be my life now. I'll just play with this every day. Like, this is really important. But you know, this is exactly what I'm going to do. Well, like, right, okay. And then you get to tell him, like, "Why have you got two? And you're like, "I think I need two. <laughs> yeah, because God's as sake. any man in the world will tell you, any man who was once a boy, you know, um, will tell you that they do have somewhere in their mind. A little thing that says, you know, if I have two magnets, I'm going to solve something to do with physics. I don't know what it is, but if you give me two magnets and long enough time, I'll suss something out here. Especially if you're a believer in the paranormal. Because it blows your mind that the two magnets, when you've got opposing poles, will force each other apart. You're like, what is that power? And you just think you're going to find something. You might discover, like... I don't know. Um, Can you have to discover something with one pack? Infinite energy. No, because you, you then don't have something to polarise it against. Okay, so where are they now? They're in a drawer. Can they just go in the bin now if you had your fun with them? No. Well, I don't know. Who knows when I'll need powerful magnets? I know that you won't ever need those little tiny balls. Well, I'll get rid of some of the balls. Get rid of all the balls! Any of the balls! No, some of the balls are important. <laughs> None of the balls are important. <laughs> get are. rid of them. Anyway, these, these aren't paranormal balls. Anyway. Well, it is paranormal balls. So, we're going to do a paranormal review. And um, that's going to happen right now. Okay, so today's paranormal review is about a book. And that book is from Brad Steiger. And it is Real Ghosts, Restless Spirits and Haunted Places. And I thought, I must have reviewed this book before. But then I went through every episode that I could find. And realise the length of the title alone probably means I haven't um, done a review on it. Because it'd take up about nine pages. Real Ghost, Restless Spirits and Haunts of Places. Well, it's it's a lot, you know. Is that um, on the front cover, is that the Grey Lady of Raynham Hall? 
Nearly. Something Lady of Rainham. The Brown Lady of Rainham. Well done. And can you name the house under her? Amityville. It's Amityville. Ah. Well done. Let's see the something on the back. Or just a graveyard. Anyway. We've used this for our, some of our Patreon stories, haven't we? Yeah, so we've used it you quite can, a lot. Um, it's huge. It's like a big tomb. Tome. Tome, tome. not a tomb. Um, yes, uh, yeah, it's a huge it a book. And um, and the other day, it's actually that big. Uh, obviously, you've been through it loads of times. It's like a well-worn copy at this point. But the other day, as I was going through it um, to choose one that we were going to talk about on the Patreon, we asked, I came across a Beatles one, didn't I? And I said, you, yeah. do you know there's something about the Beatles in here? And you were like, what? No. So that yeah, was, um, we ended it on a yeah. Beatles. So it's got low. It's like literally, it's over. It's over six hundred pages long. Yeah. And Let me um, get the the um what do you call it the index. sections out because it's got it's it's by like different things, isn't it? By sections. Yeah, we've got an American copy because this is one of the ones that we bought from. Um, I can't think of the Atlantis shop in London. Yeah. Um, so our, our our American copy is on the back. It says metaphysical slash occult. Mm-hmm. So there's well there's thirty different sections. So I won't read them all out. But it's things like haunted houses and apartments, spirits seen at deathbeds and funerals, um, ghosts that came back to life, apparitions of religious figures, um, interestingly ghostly encounters of famous men and women, uh, animal ghosts, haunted mansions and plantations. Haunted uh, ghosts in civic buildings and prisons, ghosts on planes, trains, and automobiles. Um, Steve Martin. Mysterious entities and dark hooded bedroom invaders, which sounds petrifying. Yes. Um, oh, and ghosts from outer space. Have we never looked at? I've never looked ghosts at ghosts from, from outer, outer space. space. Yeah. Even I've never. Let <laughs> this book. Oh, yeah. Should we? Uh, that we're reviewing. Should we swerve the review and just look at ghosts from outer space? Five, well, seven. I think because we're at we're at an, we're at an impasse. Um, in terms of this episode, obviously, it being a bit of a last-minute thing. What we'll do, instead of us doing a, a reader's ghost story, we'll read, following this review, one of Brad Steiger's, from his book, Real Ghosts, Restless Spirits and Haunted Places, one of the tales from Ghosts from Outer Space. They are quite long. How long? Long. Long is, is a piece of string. Yeah. Gonna gonna need some time, see you back. Let's Alright, well this is four pages. What? That that's two and a half. Two and a half's not bad. Two and a half's not two bad. Two and a half's not bad. That's a lot. Well, we're not that's doing... like five pages. Well, we're not doing one that's five pages then. We'll do the one that's two and a half. Alright, what well, if it's not interesting? Well then we're all in for a shock, aren't we? Okay. But anyway, okay. so that's what we'll do. But in closing what for the review... What about story? Why aren't we doing a listener story? Because... All right. You want to do one on the book? We'll do it on the book because it's, it's an off-the-cuff. Okay. Let's just roll with the punches, shall we? Exactly, yeah. Fine. Roll with the punches. Um, but anyway, we need to finish the review. The review is, it's great, but you're about to hear a story from the book <laughs> which may suggest otherwise. Yeah. But believe me, okay. in closing, it's two thumbs up to the sky... You should have this on your shelf. I would like to give you some constructive feedback on the review of the book as an overview. Go on. Because, you know, we do read from it frequently. The one thing I would suggest for improvement is sometimes I think it gets a bit too bogged down in the details and I get bored of the story before it's even begun. When it's like, 
it was 1812 and the structure of the political leanings in the town was this. This uh, one did this, this one did this. House was here. The word count sort of Yeah, thing. it's just too, like, this house was here, this road was here, this. And sometimes, like, you get three paragraphs of, like, layout on, like, how well, this, yeah. the, you know, this house overlooked this bush and this bit, you couldn't see that from there. Get, and yeah, then yeah. finally, there's, like, a paragraph of, like, the actual yeah, story and you feel like, I didn't need all that. To be fair, we get a quite a bit of feedback about that in regards to the dark paranormal when people have sent in a submission yeah. and they'd be like so just to give you an idea of the house you walk in through the uh, front door and then there's boring. stairs and then yeah. you go up the stairs and then to the left and sometimes it's useful and it's beneficial to the story yeah. and other times it's never revisited and it's like why have you told us that yeah it, and it, sometimes it's just too much I do get it because I think in fairness I've been guilty of that as well when we've been talking about this I'm like alright this is how our house is like you know you can't see this from here but you do try and keep it a bit kind it of should be relevant concise yeah, yeah. Point. It, should... it should only be this is the case if you can't see something or you can't see you know it, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah like from the back you know, i.e. from the back bedroom window you can see a shed and a bicycle one night I was looking at the shed that works yeah do you know what I mean like from the back bedroom window you can see a bicycle and a shed my nan, who's 65, and like you never refer to the shed, it's like, why have you thrown that in? Yeah. Oh, this sounds interesting. I, I mean, this isn't from the UFO section, but this, the title of the story, I don't know if you've already read this or not, The Spirit Remembered a Forgotten Kindness. That sounds nice, doesn't it? Um, okay, then that's the one, and that's the one that we'll do. Lovely. But in finishing this review, two thumbs up to the sky, it should be on your shelf because it features a lot of famous hauntings too, such as Enfield, Amateurville as was mentioned by Becca at the start when she correctly identified both the Amateurville House and the Brown Lady of Raynham Hall. Well, she called her the Grey Lady, but that's forgivable when you're not into ghosts. And, and also, um, she looks grey on that, not brown. She does look grey. Well, obviously, sense. there's no brown ghosts, is there? There could be a brown ghost. How do you know? No, I always true. picture ghost monks to be brown. So that's a good point, yeah. That's the why. Mm-hmm. Funny enough. Funny know. you're saying that. Um, okay, so in closing... For the ninth attempt. Um, <laughs> two thumbs up to the sky for this book, which is called Real Ghosts, Restless Spirits and Haunted Places by Brad Steiger. Bravo, go, Brad. Go check it out. Okay, so it's that time in proceedings, which we would normally have a listener story, but because this is not a normal episode, and you already have been told what you're about to listen to by the wonderful Becca, uh, who is going to, are you going to read it? Yeah, I am. But oh my God, you absolute cutie. I've just spotted on this. So it's a shiny book, you know, like that you can't write on the front. But you have tried and you've dug in, maybe using a compass or a pen. Just a little word, Kev. Have I? Yeah. How adorable is that on the front? It's Shut like, off you. This book belongs to... Well, you never know. <laughs> that is that is the cutest. And you've actually like proper scratched it in. That's... Yeah, well, what if I go somewhere with my book and someone else <laughs> has took a copy of that book Yeah, and they try and claim ownership of it? You know why that might be? It's because once I had a yo-yo, right, and a girl in the class, in, this is in primary school, mm. a girl in our class stole it. In right. fact, she was the year above. <gasps> she stole it from my desk, went into my desk and right. stole it. She shouldn't have been allowed near your desk if well, she was the year above. Exactly, yeah. But anyway, she somehow got hold of my yo-yo and I couldn't find my yo-yo. Next thing I see her on the playground Mm. playing with it with a yo-yo. And I said, that's my yo-yo. And she was like, it's not. And I was like, it is. Where did you get it from then? And I knew it was mine because my nan had got me it from Malta. Do you know what I mean? So Uh. it wasn't like she'd got it from the same shop. Anyway, and she was like, "Um, anyway, then she ran off to the corner with a mate, got a stone and was doing something to the yo-yo. I was like, what? So I went and told the teacher Mm. and the teacher went, Right, show, bring me the yo-yo. 
And she went, it's mine, it's got my initials carved into it. And she'd carved her initials <gasps> using the stone into my yo-yo. Oh, and did the teacher believe her? Not after the tears I brought out. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to say, you should have rang your nan. Well, this is the, the thing is, the teacher then sat us both in a room and was like, we're going to call your parents. And then she started crying and she was like, I carved my name into it. <laughs> I'm a thief. And I finally got my yo-yo back. Although Good. it did have EW carved into it. Which I then changed into Kev. Oh, Q. No, it was EW. Yeah, no, but if you put a K, then it would have said Q. So close to Kev, but with a double. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. anyway, that's my yo-yo story. Well, okay. Well, I'm very glad you got it back. Um, but that is adorable that you've got that into this giant book. As if anyone's nicking real ghost wrestler spirits in the haunted places. You never know. Okay. Anyway, anyway. can you crack on? <laughs> After that, pointless so... put down. <laughs> it wasn't. It was adorable. Adorable put down. It's not a put down. It's just an observation. Um. So this... Title. Sorry, I was looking for. I was trying to look for the this both the section and the title of the story. So the section is ghosts that gave proof of their existence. Oh, which is interesting. I mean, you'd think that was the case for the whole book, but anyway. Well, um, and the title of this story, as we've mentioned, is "The Spirit Remembered a Forgotten Kindness," ah. which I think sounds lovely. Well, let's just see. Um, we haven't read this no. already, neither of us. So no. this will be a this, reveal. This will be kind of like read a corner to everyone. Yeah. In fact, there will be no Riddicona this week because of how everything has gone. Nice. Um, we're already well over 20 minutes what with all of our waffling, so <laughs> nice. this will consist both the story and Riddicona. Okay. So, and also, it's, I didn't want to give you double duty and then go, now you're reading this, because I'm just sat here then holding the microphone. <laughs> just chilling, yeah. yeah. Delegation. Yeah. Right. Well, in that case, let's begin. Yay! Arthur Finlay, a stockbroker and accountant from Glasgow, Scotland, began to investigate a psychic phenomena in 1918. Although Finlay began his studies as a sceptic, he soon found himself becoming increasingly convinced that John C. Sloan, whom he had originally intended to expose as a fraud, had authentic powers as a medium. Ooh. Interestingly. So this sceptic is looking to expose someone and then he actually thinks, hang on. Interesting. After more than 50 sittings with Sloan, Finley became convinced not only of the medium's integrity, but of human survival after death. In his book, On the Edge of the Etheric, have I pronounced yeah, yeah, that right? Etheric is right, yeah. Finley relates the following case as one he considers completely free of any suggestion of fraud, telepathy, or clairvoyant interaction. Ooh. This is interesting. I'm glad we went with it. Good. In 1919, Finley took his brother John to a seance with Sloan, where a voice calling itself Eric Saunders manifested, claiming to have been an acquaintance of John's. John denied ever having known a man of that name, but the voice persisted that they had known each other in the army. Where might that have been? John asked. Among other places, I served at Aldershot, Bisley, France. As John recited a number of locations that had figured prominently in various British campaigns, he deliberately omitted naming Lowstoft, where he had actually spent most of his army life training machine gunners. I knew you at none of those places you have listed, Saunders said. We knew each other near Lowstoft. John managed to repress his surprise and excitement and countered with the question, why did you say near Lowstoft? Because we were not actually in Lowstoft, but in the village of Kessingland, which is located near the larger city, the voice replied. John conceded this statement was correct. Over. 
Then, piqued by his inability to remember the man and still suspicious of some kind of fraud, he continued his questioning. Who was our company commander? The voice replied that the commander's name had been McNamara and scored another hit. Then, to test the voice further, John said, You must have been one of my Lewis Gunners. No, the voice answered, evading the trap. You instructed us in the use of Hotchkiss, not the Lewis. Saunders' disembodied voice continued to answer all the questions correctly. The spirit said that he had been killed in France when he had crossed the Channel in the big draft of August 1917. John asked the voice what it meant by the big draft. Don't you remember? The spirit of the machine gunner wondered a bit incredulously. There was an extra large draft of men to France that month, and even the colonel came out on the parade ground to make a speech to us. John commented that this was correct. It was, in fact, the only occasion that he could remember in which the colonel had personally said goodbye to the men. Now that the identity of Eric Saunders seemed to have been established, John asked the next logical question. Why had the machine gunner returned to speak to him? Because, the voice said with some emotion, I have never forgotten that good turn that you did for me. Eric Saunders seemed to fade away before further explanation could be delivered identifying the good deed that had been done. Mm. After the seance, John told his brother that he could vaguely remember securing leave for one of his gunners under rather unusual circumstances, but he could not honestly remember if Saunders had been that trooper's name. Six months after the seance, John was able to meet with the man who had been his corporal. The corporal could not remember an Eric Saunders, but he had brought a notebook with him in which he had entered the names of all the men who had served under him. In 1917, records for the company, they found the name Eric Saunders with the notation August 1917. A red line had been drawn through the name and the words that followed it. John's former corporal explained that he was always drawn a line through the men's names when they were shipped overseas into combat. John was left to marvel at the proof of survival that had been given to him by a machine gunner who had remembered a long-forgotten act of kindness. Wow. What was the act of kindness? I know, we still don't know what the act of kindness was, but he thinks it might have just been that he granted him leave. Yeah, yeah, securing leave under unusual circumstances. Yeah. So, but either way, it's, it's, well, it was obviously big enough for for the, the machine gunner to not only remember it for his entire life, but to actively come back. Yeah, and say and, thank you almost. Yeah. But it's, I like it, the idea when somebody's like... Um, tries to prove someone wrong within the world of the paranormal anyway, and gives them options like, choose one, two, or three. And they're like, mm. well, no, because it's four. Yeah, it like, wasn't the others. Yeah. Uh, or even just saying like, oh, it was this kind of, like, so you must have been one of these kind of gunners. He's like, no, no, no that's not what yeah, you did. You did yeah, these, yeah. yeah. That doesn't exist. You know what? Yeah. Jeff, it's me! Sort of <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, very good. It's like, do you know, was it Helen Duncan? Maybe it wasn't Helen Duncan. Or maybe it was some London medium. But, was it Helen Duncan? I'm not sure. But anyway, there was um, a medium who was very well attended during the war because obviously during wars, mediumship goes up, the attendance of mediumship goes up, mm. as does attendance at church, you know, or people searching for answers and for yeah. prayers to be answered and stuff. Um, and at one of these well-attended meetings or mediumship things, the medium, I think it was Helen Duncan, but I'm not sure, um, Someone asked about the well-being of one of their members of mm. family who was on a ship. Mm. And she became, like, possessed by the individual and said, we've all perished. The ship's been torpedoed. Uh-huh. Um, now, the thing is, 
there was a the word of this spread, but the Navy knew, but hadn't yet released it to the public. Right. So she was a national threat uh-huh. because she knew secrets. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So she was like proper. Either if it's Helen Duncan, I think that's why she was tried under the Witchcraft Act. Did we still do in the Witchcraft Act during the war? Yeah, yeah. At the Witchcraft Act, I think she, Helen Duncan was the last person tried under the Witchcraft Act. That's for a fact. Oh, um, but I don't know whether she's the same medium I'm talking about. Right, okay. But um, but yeah, I think that might be it might be Helen Duncan, and it might be that they don't under the Witchcraft Act because she was a threat to national security. Mm. But I'm maybe getting two stories confused. Yeah. Interesting. Then. Indeed. What's your thoughts on mediumship? So I obviously don't believe that that's the case, right? I don't mm-hmm. believe anyone's kind of coming in um, and and actually directly speaking with the dead. And I I, I don't believe I I so don't. It's a case that you don't believe in it, but if it offers comfort, then fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought that's what it'd be. That's why I thought I'd jump in and summarise. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, then you frankly you shouldn't have asked. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, as ever, Becca, thank you for not necessarily allowing us into your corner because we're not in your corner. No, we're not. I'm in yours. You're in my corner this time, baby. Mm. That sounded yeah. ruder than it meant. And um, thank you for reading that wonderful story of uh, Proof of the Afterlife from Brad Steiger's wonderful book, oh, Real Ghosts, Restless Spirits mm. and Haunted Places. Speaking of the corner, I think we can find... You know how you always say welcome to the dark and dingy and and then yeah, yeah. kind of get tie yourself in knots over the description? And then come round. Yeah, I think we can... I think we can um, We can add a, add a visual for the guys now. Cause what? Is it going to be a punchful visual? Or is it going to be like we've talked about? What? Like, as I say, you come in through the front door, there's the stairs on the oh, left. No, no, it's, no, it's going to, we're going to add an actual visual, like a set, like a, an image. Okay. Um, Reddit Corner is identical to the Tracers Tower in the BBC hit series, The, the Tracers. Tracers. Yeah, where the Tracers go to meet and murder. Yeah, that's what that you're talking about. Yeah, that Reddit, that's exactly what uh, Reddit what Corner has always looked like. Yeah. Yeah, perfect yeah. place to visualise. Yes. Yes. We're addicted, aren't we, yeah. to that. We won't go into it because it's very right. non-paranormal. Yeah. But um, we are addicted to the show, The Traitors. Yes. And so if you wonder where Reddit Corner is situated, it's exactly like that. Yeah, it's The Traitors Turret. Yeah. Just to say, we might have mentioned this on the Patreon, but we will mention it here because it is hysterical. It is hysterical. Even. Um, if you watch The Traitors, then you'll know what we mean. If you don't, you should because it's boss. But when... The traitors are chosen and they go up to the tower to choose who they're going to murder. They go dressed almost as monks, don't they? Yeah, they've got big cloaks. Monks like cowl with the hood over. Cloaks, yeah. so that and no a little lantern because, you know, ca- it's yeah, dead of night. Lantern. Um, and it makes that You don't even question it when there's three or two um, yeah, traitors. You don't, your brain doesn't question the weirdness of that. Yeah, because they've got to go and meet. When it gets down to one traitor... It becomes the funniest thing in the world. We had to pause it. We were just laughing so much. Yeah. Because he, this poor guy. This poor guy is in the turret on himself. Still hasn't revealed to himself that he is the one remaining <laughs> The best traitor. thing was, is the best thing for me was his journey there. Like, yeah. if I was him, I'd be saying to, like, the producers, can I not just do it here? <laughs> like, yeah, no, no, yeah. you've got to go to the tower. Like, yeah. oh, put the hood up. Like, oh, yeah. so you have to put the hood so up with his... recognise yourself. Yeah, with his little lantern and yeah. go all the way up to the tower to make a decision and then come back down again when he yeah. could have just made it where but, he was. Again, he could have just said to them, this person... Again, he had to walk into the tower, into the turret yeah. with his hood still down and then make this gesture like, <laughs> it's me. Yeah. You know it's you. When yeah, the camera's really like meant funny. to be a third person camera. Anyway. So good. Amazing. Well, thank you, Becca, for this impromptu. 
And um, hopefully, he says, for the umpteenth time, normality will prevail next week. Yes, fingers crossed. So thank you guys for bearing with us and our changes and our adaptations. Indeed. Much appreciated. Much appreciated. And we'll speak to you shortly. Yes, we shall. Tattington Byington. Bye, guys. Bye.